We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to RotoViz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome along to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, joined on today's show by one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. It is my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime. It is also the co-host of the Stadium Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch, which debuted over the last couple of days. And for listeners, last week it was the Stadium Signals podcast. We uh, we made a change after the show. We uh, we troubleshooted. We went with Stealing Bananas. So we'll be talking about that in a moment. But uh, Sean, exciting uh, exciting couple of weeks here for Rotoviz Overtime and, of course, the Rotoviz Radio Network and Stealing Bananas. But uh, going to be an exciting show today. We have uh, Mr. Scott Fest jumping aboard. Yeah, it, it was a blast to do that first show with Ben. We, we had a, a great time. Actually, I recorded three shows, uh, two talking about uh, this topic of projectable volume versus player talent. And then we had Evan Silva on the third show. Obviously, every time you get a chance to talk to Evan, uh, it's a blast and he added a lot of texture to what we were talking about for those first couple of episodes. So if you get a chance, check that out. I think that you will enjoy it. But Colin, today we have the man of the hour, the most important person in fantasy football at this time of the year. And we had Scott on last year. He was fantastic, right? I mean, not just talking about the fishbowl, but some of the different charity elements. And there's so much to the fishbowl. It's it's so much fun, such a community-oriented uh, type of tournament, but also a tournament that has some of the best settings and is maybe the biggest challenge to play of anything that we do all year. So uh, getting to hear Scott's Thoughts on the 2021 version of the Scott Fishbowl? I mean, it should be absolutely perfect. Yeah, really look forward to it. We'll do that in just a moment, but I did want to just circle back. Uh, we did mention there, stealing bananas, um, off to phenomenal, uh, you know, 
acclaim i guess we'll say so far i know sean you're not on twitter to see it but uh there is plenty of acclaim going around uh and i think that anyone that hasn't tuned in or hasn't checked it out it is on the road of his radio main feed but it's also on its own feed which is stealing bananas uh, and i think that you just need to head on over and listen to this sean mentioned they recorded three shows show one was saturday show two was monday and show three coming out on wednesday with evan silva i think it's uh it's just like i i don't know already it's my favorite show i am biased i'll admit that but uh it's already my favorite podcast to go and listen to and all i'm doing is uh listening along and editing it it's quite a quite a pleasure to do but do check that out if you do enjoy it as well hit that subscribe button and also give it that five star review so on today's show i'm not asking for five star reviews for rotoviz ot i'm asking them for stealing bananas so go and check that out sean siegel and ben gretch but i think it's time to, to get straight into it sean mentioned being the most important person in the fantasy football community this year i think it's a bit like when kids are getting ready for for christmas and we have uh, santa claus uh, and everyone's getting ready so everyone's getting ready for the scott fish bowl delighted to be joined now by scott fish of the scott fish bowl um, lots of things going on at this time of the year we all think it's a lot of fun to part in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, I guess we'll uh, let the listeners know as well while we're at it. Uh, we did record this part a couple of moments ago. I like to peel back the curtain sometimes, but uh, I forgot to press the record button. So we're going to talk <laughs> over some of the questions again. So we should be well prepped in our answers at this point. But uh, busy time of the year, Scott. Um, I, I'm sure it's, it's pretty crazy. Is it as enjoyable for you as it is for the, for the guys playing along? It is, and I love when we uh, double up on the recording. Then I then I condense what I'm gonna like. I I've edited down to less rambling. So, uh, yes, it's it's a very busy, busy, busy time for me. I I feel like a duck paddling his legs underwater, and on the surface it looks great. But I I'm very I'm very busy. But it is um it's awesome to see everybody so excited and and uh, get to that point where we're we're basically entering that that official kickoff to fantasy football i feel like the, at least redraft season I, I feel like this is uh this is one of those starting starting events that brings everybody back into the fold and we all get excited for fantasy again we will give a, a second shout out that's the second time i've congratulated you but well done as well on the matthew berry <laughs> game changer uh, award a phenomenal part thank you uh, if you want you can go into the story that you told us if you don't we can we sure. can edit that nice and swiftly as well yeah <laughs> No, I will. I will. It was it was a surreal, awesome moment. Matthew told me a couple weeks before uh, it happened, and I, I got I got flown down to Dallas. Uh, we we did the awards. Uh, he was going to give a speech, and then I was going to give an acceptance, thank you speech, whatever. And and that's all I knew it was going to happen. But after he gave his speech, he's he's like, take a look at this video. And it was a video of a bunch of different analysts in the industry that we all know and love. And, and they were saying just the kindest, nicest things to me. And uh, I had my speech, my I had what I was going to say down. And that when all those videos played, I was I was crushed. Like I was, a, it really really hit me. It was, uh, yeah, I lost my composure. But it was it was a beautiful moment, and I I still nailed the speech. I feel like, but it was uh, it was uh, it was very nice to hear all those kind words, and th- and thank you as well. Uh, so in this competition, obviously, there's a lot of different scenarios can play out, a lot of different scoring mm-hmm. uh, to try and figure things out. Myself and Sean have both drafted or drawn the 103 spot. So hopefully one of us uh, will come away with it. Um, and something that's interesting, um, obviously, we have a situation where having that 
one true tree spot in most cases is going to be very beneficial in different leagues but with the round reversal it should be pretty much evened up on this but uh sean isn't on twitter very often these days um but on my twitter profile it currently says future sfb 11 champ so <laughs> i have zero uh, percent confidence that that's actually going to come to fruition but uh, it doesn't hurt to have that sfb 11 uh, hashtag anywhere on your profile i guess um <laughs> But uh, 103, uh, obviously, we, there's a lot of preference this year to trying to make it as even as possible. You've been doing that for years, but have you? do you think you've hit that with the round reversal this year? I do. I, I really think I have. I, I, one of your writers mentioned, and you said Matt Spencer, um, he, he sent me a message. He's like, this is the most balanced scoring system I've ever seen. And uh, basically, from any draft position, the... the uh, the odds of scoring approximately the same amount of points are just, they just line up. They just match. So I feel like I, I've hit it this year where you can draft from any position and you have just as good a chance to, to win the thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome that he was able to, you know, find that, have the math prove that. <laughs> yeah. And, and for anybody who hasn't checked it out yet, Matt's articles on the site looks at projected first downs, looks at, uh, projections for the different players really breaks down a lot of elements for this. Matt's been doing absolutely fantastic work. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check him out. Scott, one of the things that we discussed on the show at length last year, and I thought was really interesting, was really fun. Is you've mentioned that not only is the scoring balanced, but it does actually separate out good and bad players mm-hmm. a little bit better, which I think people uh, find fun. I mean, you actually have to draft people you would want for a real NFL team. The big time quarterbacks can give you huge points. The bad quarterbacks can even give you negative points. Now that you've seen that for a year and it's played out in the league, how happy were you with that? And and did you see people playing it differently? Did those big-time quarterbacks uh, come through and win uh, down the stretch in the playoffs? Yeah, so I think I, I love the scoring of the quarterbacks. I love that it does that. I love that good quarterbacks score big points. Bad quarterbacks score can really hurt you. They can even go negative. Um, I think it's something very useful to show people who play in super flex leagues or, and especially one QB leagues who don't want to go to super flex that you can separate those tiers and make it so you're not just always streaming a quarterback or in super flex. You're not just always putting a super flex, uh, a quarterback in the super flex uh, in SFB. I mean, there are times you might not want to, but what I did see last year is I think people, because there are four flexes and it's so deep, people were just willing to take the shot at having a quarterback in those safer, what they thought would be safer points in SFB. So they ended up still starting bad quarterbacks and it, it did cost them from time to time. But I, I do think it's still think it's a very valid scoring, maybe just not as with as deep a starting rosters as I have. Um, people can't get over the mentality of, of starting someone other than a quarterback in a super flex spot. One of the very interesting things this year, obviously, is taking in the, the kicker element into it. So there's a lot of talk on, on Twitter at the moment about kickers and where kickers should be drafted. For you, mm-hmm. I guess, most leagues, there's a decision now, do we take out kickers or do we keep keep going with kickers or what do we do? What was your decision into trying to balance out the actual kickers <laughs> rather than just remove them? <laughs> It's it's kind of like adding negative points for sacks last year when people were talking about our sacks a QB stat or an offensive line stat you know I, something to spur discussion uh, and this is one that I have people I truly admire and respect in this industry who think kickers should be in fantasy leagues and think that they are projectable and predictable and and streamable and then I have friends in this industry that all 
absolutely hate them and think that's not true. So I felt that this was a good way to marry the two ideas uh, to to allow them to let the kicker lovers play their kickers and let the band kicker guys uh, and women guys and women uh, <laughs> not uh, not be able to play them if they don't want to. I, I feel like I feel like a mediator and it's like a win win win. Like I uh, they, both of those sides win and I win as well for mediating the the conversation or whatever. But uh, yeah, I I feel like it's a it's a fair spot and because of the aforementioned super deep uh, starting lineups with lots of flexes. I think they become very viable and I think it's going to make people think whether or not, you know, (laughs) whether or not they want to start an RB five for some team or, you know, an RB, you know, like a a normal RB five, like an RB 60 overall or whatever. Or do they want to take a kicker who might get nine points? You know, (laughs) it's, it's going to be a thing. Well, with that being the case, what's your kicker (laughs) strategy going to be? (laughs) <laughs> so i'm not completely offended uh by kickers i i don't really want them i don't have them and don't really want them as required spots in my leagues and this is the first year i'd really considered just having them be flex worthy um i i think i will hit up kickers when it gets late uh I think once you get into those later double digit rounds, when you're looking at guys that probably have no chance to see the field and you still, and you have kickers out there that are going to be able to score for you, I might start looking at them. Uh, the, the other thing is though, I'm not sure how draftable they will be because kickers are, you know, they seem pretty streamable. There's lots of articles out there about streamability of kickers. And, uh, if, if half your league doesn't take kickers, that means there's a bunch of kickers on the waiver wire you can get any week. So I think it's more likely that I'll be playing kickers for injuries and buys than I will you know, going super hard at drafting them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going back to how you're going to play this as obviously the chief creator, the the mastermind behind it all. Can you give us a little bit of a feel for what you're going to do to start your draft? Is that something that you can give away? Yeah, I've, I've done a few of these. Uh, I, well, I, I did one mock and I, I've kind of played it out a, a few times, just, you know, looking at other mocks and feeling about, you know, other mocks that I think I would do similarly. And I've, I've found it really difficult 
to double up on a position in those first, uh, you know, being on the, I'm on the 12 corner. I feel it, find it really difficult to double up on a position in, in those first three picks. It just, it, it feels like it puts me at too much of a disadvantage at one of those spots. You're, you're going to have one spot. That's always going to be a weakness, but, uh, Every every time I've I've tried to go two QBs or two tight ends, uh, like running it through in my head, it did not play out greatly. So I, I think I'm going to split it up between the three picks this year. Normally I don't do that. Normally I double tap quarterbacks or tight ends in this. This I think this year will be different because of that reversal. I think the big part of that too is how balanced has become, and I've been lucky enough to be involved in it for the last good few years. And I know we talked back when it was the Overtime Ireland podcast the, about how you were balancing it out and like you have tweaked it each and every year and I think we're I don't know when we'll get to the optimum you know where it's so balanced but where we seem like we're getting pretty close and I think that's part of it is if you go for two quarterbacks you're leaving yourself short at the elite tight end and any of the listeners to this podcast will know how we feel about elite tight ends and, and getting them as early as we can so um just for I know there's obviously nearly 2,000 people, I believe, in it this year. So I'll, there will be a lot of our listeners that are involved, but there's always people who aren't and people who may be trying to get in next year and things like that. But just to run through a little bit of an overview of some of the, the rules in it, it is super flex eligible, it's tight end premium, it's half PPR, uh, pass completion is 0.5 of a point, but an incompletion is minus one point, and a 25-yard throw is worth one point. So it starts to get into very nuanced areas, which is a lot of fun to, to dive into. And a lot of leagues now have gone to four points per pass and touchdown but this is six points per pass and touchdown but also minus one point to quarterbacks for a sack like you can touch on a moment ago so a lot of uh, fun elements going into it but I think the thing that's probably balancing it out more than any other thing is that third round reversal to try and give everyone that opportunity because you mentioned about the win rates from those first kind of three positions and i think it's something that's not used in a lot of drafts but i think it, it'll make this quite intriguing yeah it's i mean it's really something that's been around for 15 plus years it's just you know it's just i mentioned with the quarterback scoring and a, and a few years ago i brought per, points per first down to it like sometimes i like to push just push something out there that will get talked about on shows and then your your casual listeners or, or maybe yeah. even not so casual listeners will be like oh i haven't heard of that and it spreads and you can you can kind of try to push something out in the industry even though it's it's nowhere near a new concept it's it's just one way for me to push out there hey everybody who's following along with this this is something you can bring to your league to to try to balance out that that top heaviness uh, win percentage from the the top heavy slots um yeah, I, and it seems like it's going to do a decent job in this one. Yeah, and the one thing I've mentioned to you before, Scott, and I think we talked about it last year on this show, is some of the things that you've added into the Scott Fishbowl have, I think, have definitely made mainstream, kind of like you're touching on, the beyond mainstream shows, and then people start to yeah. take them. And I definitely think the rise of Superflex over the last, you know, four to five years has been influenced a little bit by if you have a thousand people playing in Superflex right. League, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, yeah, <laughs> definitely true. And Superflex, like I, I run a, a low stakes commissioner service and we don't even fill one QB leagues anymore. We don't have any one QB startups anymore. We, we can't justify it because Superflex is coming on that strong. SFB has been Superflex since the first year, since 2010. And it's, it's probably always going to be that way. I will say it's not even just a thousand, like it's 1,920 people are playing in this. And then we have well over 2000 people playing in satellites as we have like f combined, I believe it's over 4,000 people playing in 
uh, it's well over 4,000 people now playing in either SFB or SFB satellites. And if people are listening to this, you know, you can still get in a satellite. You just go to the fish, scottfishbowl.com and you, if you're signed up, change your preferences to want to play in a satellite and we can get you in We're we're filling as many of those as possible. And if you win your satellite, you're in, you're in the big show next year. So um, yeah, we might have four or 5,000 people playing in this thing this year. I think I've asked you this question every year and obviously the answer to the first question is no, I would imagine is, did you ever think we'd get this big? <laughs> but where, where you did mention before, there might be a limitation on like where we put the numbers to, but like almost like 4,000 people playing in leagues just because you've created something, you know, 11 years ago is, is absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's, it is, it's crazy to see. And yeah, you, you've, you've actually answered for me. I think we could probably move on. Like you got my answers. I like, <laughs> no, I never, I never thought it'd be this big. Um, and every year I swear I we're getting like every year, I think we're about the limit of what I want to do, but then I have, some like I have a huge idea for next year, a couple huge ideas for next year, and so we'll see where that takes. But uh, I, I mean, I, I think you know a couple of them at least for next year. Well, I don't know if it's but something that people from there's actually like as, as the crowd grows, the people playing from Ireland grows, and I know there's been mm-hmm. talk of trying to get those live drafts, and you yep. know, there's been people asking me to try and arrange, you know an Irish league or to push it on you. So that might be something for next year is to get a, an all Ireland league. Maybe I got into the uh, U2 division this year. Maybe I'll get into the <laughs> Irish division next year. I like it. That is, that is part of the thing we've, we've, uh, we're, we want to do live drafts next year. Uh, at, at least you know 10 to 15 cities something like that um and i'm gonna guess multiple drafts in many of those cities going on but uh yeah ireland had had at least like six or seven people ask about it so yeah. we're getting there <laughs> it's, grow- it's growing we can get neil dutton to jump across from the from the uk as well maybe we get it set <laughs> up but uh i'm glad you mentioned all the ways people can get involved in it obviously there are people every year who uh are, are disappointed they weren't in the main draw, but playing in any of the draws is a lot of fun. And one of the things I think is the best about the fishbowl is that it makes you think. And one of the things that I always encourage our listeners to do is to yeah. play different types of leagues. Now, if Dynasty is really your thing, you don't need to go out and play 15 redraft leagues. You know, if you're really a best ball drafter, you don't need to go out and sign up for 15 dynasties. But playing the different formats, I think, makes you better at yours. And so if someone is not involved, in the main draw, I strongly encourage right. them to get out and, and get into some of these other events. You mentioned the Superflex. The Superflex is one of the best parts now of fantasy football, I think. We talked about uh, you and Sal being some of the main people who really got this going and, and created the impact that we have now with it. We have the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty Leagues at the FFPC that have that Superflex, and, and people love that because, again, I mean, the Superflex is such a big part now not only of having fun because it's fun to play more quarterbacks but also the fairness element because that super flex really lengthens the first round within this particular format we have the the scoring rules that favor the stars that punish the lesser qbs and so then you're always trying to figure out well who's the qb that fits but isn't going to be that expensive and last year a lot of us really felt like it was Derek carr is there somebody that drafters should be looking at you know four five six rounds in who maybe isn't the sexy qb for normal leagues but maybe they don't take sacks they complete a lot of passes 
And as a result, and, and Drew Brees didn't really have a great year last year, so he didn't pay off. But he was one of those guys who looked like, okay, well, in normal Superflex leagues, because he doesn't have the running, he's not a top option. But in the fishbowl scoring, he looked like he could be a huge star. Do we have some guys like that people should be looking at? I'm sure I'm sure there are. I haven't I haven't dug as deep into that as I should have. Some some guys that come to mind that are are going on that on that later scale that I found myself, I'm like, I could see them having huge years. Um are guys like Carson Wentz, who with that line, like he took so many sacks in Philadelphia, but in in Indianapolis, I don't see him taking that many sacks with that line and back with Reich. Um and I think he's going late enough because everybody's got this mindset of him for the last couple of years in Philadelphia. And I think that offense is going to be pretty darn good. Honestly. Um, I, it, with Heinz back, he should have some dump off throws with those receivers. Uh, should, they should all be healthy finally this year together, which has been a problem the last couple of years. But uh, like, it just feels like he's got the weapons and the line to protect him from those sacks that this, this might be the year that, he can pan out considering how late he's going. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how late he's been going. Like I did a, I did a mock with the CBS guys, a live mock the other night. And I, I took quarterback, like three quarterbacks in the first five, six rounds. And then when I saw Wentz there, like in seven or eight, I'm like, what is going on? I should have waited and get this guy. But um, he's one of those guys that he's going way later than I think he should in a format like this. Well, Scott, take us to the very top. So Colin and I have the 103. Colin obviously is going to win this year, so he needs to nail his third overall pick. I mean, he's got a 1 in 1,920 chance. I mean, it's, yeah. There you go. There you go. I, I don't know if I would have picked this year as the year, but some year, if you know, future SFB champ. I'll, I'll wait till there's uh, 20,000 people in it and, you know, 2030, there'll be 20,000 players. In it. Oh, right. So the sooner you pick, it probably is better. It'll just keep getting harder. Yeah. <laughs> we have Mahomes. We have McCaffrey. We have Kelsey. Obviously, some other quarterbacks who could get in there as well. At the very top, do you have a preference for the best player in this format? it's for I think it's got to be McCaffrey or Mahomes like uh I I don't blame people saying Kelsey I know that I know a guy who has 105 that he's like it's Kelsey all day there if he if he drops I've seen people take I saw Kelsey go 101 I've seen him go 103 it it makes a lot of sense um my the reason if I was 101 I'd probably take Mahomes just because I know how some of these leagues have huge quarterback runs. And with that third round reversal, if I don't take Mahomes there, 15 quarterbacks could be gone. <laughs> and then I'm sitting in the middle. Um, and and it basically, I think if you don't take a quarterback at 101, you're almost forced into taking one, if not two quarterbacks for the next two picks. Um, you're at 103, so it's a little bit different, but that's that's just how I feel on the 101. I don't I don't have a problem with someone one in McCaffrey because the argument with McCaffrey is he has a really, really good shot to be the, the RB one. Uh, and he's got a really shot to be good shot to be the RB one with a gap like he did a couple of years ago, but Mahomes, it's more likely he's almost guaranteed to be a top three to five, you know, <laughs> like there, there are other guys there that you can make pretty strong arguments for. Uh, so I can see you not saying he'll be that. I, I think McCaffrey's probably going to be the best player in this format, but if I'm at the one one. I'm probably taking Mahomes just so I don't force myself into taking one or two quarterbacks with my next two picks. I feel like I have a little more freedom if I do that. Yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge, especially as I mentioned with the the turn, Sean. I'll put you on the spot. Uh, we obviously talk a lot about you know 
Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and so on at the tight end position. And this, do you think there's uh, the kind of advantage that we normally talk about, or do you think that if you go a tight end at 103 and miss out on, as, as um, Scott mentioned, some of those quarterbacks that are going to come back towards you, um, I, I would probably have the preference of going tight end if I can and then try and get a quarterback in those next two rounds, but open to your ideas. Well, Blair obviously always has a lot of great content. Overall, Blair Andrews, the wrong read. He has great uh, SFB content. And he's mentioned the tight end, the really tight end heavy approach is one that looks like it could have a lot of upside. Last year in this, I didn't have a top five pick. And so you're thinking, well, what could we do to be a little bit different and perhaps uh, create an advantage that way? So I selected, I think, four tight ends in my first six or seven picks. So it was very much a tight end heavy team. And that worked to an extent. I, uh, I think that I was in the top 25 to 36, seven weeks in. At some point, the lineup completely blew up, and I, I felt like the stone, all those tight ends uh, were injured. And so that is one of the things that we deal with with the tight end position is it has a little bit higher injury rate. And so those top guys go out, and then, then your team's not nearly as good. But one of the things I was trying to do as well was to be the last person to take a running back, but I'm completely uh, misjudged just how late that was going to be. And some people <laughs> took them really late. We had Anthony Amico on the show uh, two-thirds of the way through the season, I think, for a big chunk there, maybe from the halfway point toward the end. He was either first or second in yep. terms of the regular season scoring. I think that maybe he tied to be the last person to take a running back. He was definitely in that mix there. So we know that zero running back will work in the fishbowl, which is, is always yeah. fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, but because of this format zero running back could take a lot of different flavors it could be very wide receiver heavy it could be very tight end heavy uh certainly you would expect that there are qbs in there with the super flex element uh so i like the tight ends i think that kelsey is a possibility a different format but uh zachary kruger and i took a waller with the 104 in a format earlier uh you know last weekend so definitely if if kelsey isn't there even going to maybe the secondary guy with the tight ends, Scott, do you think that that stacking them up is something that you can do? And do you have, if you start with a Mahomes or one of these other star quarterbacks, I really like the top five or six guys. I think that they can run and avoid a lot of the penalties that you might have gotten from running quarterbacks in the past. I and mean, one of the reasons why we're seeing such big time scoring from the elite players is that you're getting guys who are, are good at both things, as opposed to just drafting a guy who can run because there are some extra points for running. So you've got the quarterbacks, you've got McCaffrey. Some of those other running backs could be very, very exciting as we go through. If you drop into you know, the second, third, fourth rounds, you start to get in the middle. Are there some tight ends that we should be looking at to make sure we have this tight end element for our team? Yeah, and I, I, like, I like where you went with the tight ends. I, I, I try to do this every year in SFB, honestly. I, I Just like you, I think I had four tight ends in my first seven picks. Uh, something like that, or four, at least four in the first nine. I know that for sure. But I love to load up on tight ends in fishbowl because the premium is more extreme than your normal premium league. Um, it's they, you know, the your regular wide receivers, running backs, etc., get a half a point reception, half point for per first down. Uh, tight ends get double that, meaning it, a tight end that has a four for forty game with a couple first downs is already in double digit points. Four for forty is a very 
attainable tight end number, even in the mid tier tight ends. Four for 40 is not, not like a giant game. That's very attainable for tight ends. So they, they are this like safe buoy in the, in the fishbowl. They, they, you can, you want a bunch of upside guys. Cause you want, it's like a GPP when it comes to the playoffs, you want a lot of upside guys, but you can't, you can't underestimate having a nice solid core of tight ends that uh, can, can give you that safe 10 to, and when they explode, they explode. That's the thing with tight ends that people probably don't realize in this is in this format is because if you have a tight end go off for 10 for 100 it's so it's exponentially more valuable than a 10 for 100 wide receiver like it's it <laughs> it's it's possible you've gained you know you know an extra 10 points on that right so um i think that they have both the safe floor and the high upside and so i'm in those middle rounds I find myself trying to get the, or, you know, even in the, you know, three, the four, five rounds, I'm looking to get those Hawkinsons, those, those, uh, you know, no offense and stuff, those guys that have opportunity to explode or, or maybe a Gasecki a little later, but even later than that, the Irv Smiths and the the maybe John R. Smith, but even later than that, you go down to the the Cole commits, the Ferksers, the the Troutmans, the everybody loves these sleeper tight ends. But in this format, they're 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 really valuable. Like if th- those are people, those are players that are going to be in line for a decent amount of targets. They they're they're guys I would definitely be trying to get on my team in those middle rounds. And you mentioned that one of the things that immediately jumps to mind is if you take those four tight ends, then not only do you have this player that is extremely dynamic in the flex position, but your league mates don't have them, right? So it it puts pressure on them. You know, we think about, you know, finishing first overall or finishing in the top 10, finishing uh, or being throughout the season on the leaderboard, having your name up there in lights, but you also want to win your individual league and creating that good you know, point total, having the win-loss record, getting the buy and moving along. Uh, when I saw that I had the buy last year, even with the tight ends going down, I was like, well, I know I'm not going to keep winning, but it's nice to have gotten through that one week. Uh, <laughs> right. That part, too, to, to win your individual league is, is something people should be looking at. Yep. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's definitely nice to it's de- definitely nice bragging rights winning your individual league. But that buy is is huge, especially last year with the week thirteen. There were two uh, there were two teams on buy. I believe it was the the uh, Panthers and Browns. I believe might have been something like that. And this year, there's four teams on buy during the first week of the SFB playoffs. So that buy becomes even even more crucial. And it's there are some players. There are some players in that buy. So you even though you do get your season average to to tag along with you, yeah, winning your winning your division and and getting that buy is going to be a big deal. Would you target some of those players from the week 14 by thinking I've got an extra week that they can play now? And if I get the buy, then I'm just through. I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you have to weigh. Honestly, it's to the point where I can see both sides so well that I don't even, I don't care about it. Like if you target those players, if you have a bunch of those players, you get them for the full 13 week season. And then you get your season average for the week 14. So either you get your season average or you get the buy. So like, I I don't think it's much of a disadvantage to go after those players. You do lose them for that week, but theoretically you would have a higher season average. So there's some points there for you, or theoretically you might've gotten a buy because you were able to have one of your starting players all season long. So that was uh, absolutely fantastic having Scott on really appreciate his time. And we know we talked about it there, how busy is this time of the year. 
Uh, even though I did use eight minutes at the start of that where I forgot to, to press record, but a really fun time talking to him. He is going to jump back on to talk to us on Saturday's show. We got some listener questions in on Twitter and uh, they sent them over. So we're going to check that. We're going to talk a little bit more with them as well about Fantasy Cares and, and the charitable elements. So lots of good stuff to come on Saturday's show with Scott jumping in there too. Quite excited about the Scott Fishbowl. Kind of sneaks up on you each and every year, but uh, it's going to be... It's going to be a fun one um, as we get ready for it. But, Sean, as we get ready to wrap the show up again, I guess I'll, I'll let you have the, the floor here uh, and uh, let us know about your, your new podcast. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.